I want to talk about how uh, not just David and Goliath today, but I wanted to mention something very specific about David and Goliath. But let me just make sure we're all clear. Everyone knows that there was this young boy, we don't know how old he was, but he was young, and that God used him to kill a over nine-foot giant. We all know that, right? Kids, y'all know that, right? So you know that God wants to use young people to do big things. We know that, right? That's, that's, the, that's the story. God wants to use young people to do big things. God wants to use young people. He loves to use young people. And we've got to make sure we remember that today on this service, that God wants to bless and use and anoint young people. That's what this is all about this weekend, is that the biggest giants can fall because of the investment in young people. Now, now here's what I want to talk about, okay? Now, kids, I'm trying to remember the story. Maybe you can help me. Um, did David just wake up one day and go, you know what? I think I want to do something great for God, and I'm just going to go look for a giant to kill. Is that how the story went? No. No, because long before, long before David was out there trying to kill giants, something happened to David. Something big, something special. Anybody remember this, the name of this man that came and, and found David and his family and did something real special for him? Anybody remember the name of that special man, Adeline? Jesus is awesome. Let's give Jesus a hand. Jesus is behind everything. That's right. Jesus is amazing. Does anyone remember the man in the Old Testament? <laughs> in the Old Testament, all right, that Jesus used. <laughs> anyone remember that man? All right, let's try Braxton. Moses? All right, so now we're just pretty much picking out some popular Old Testament characters. So, all right. You're going to narrow it down at some point, but I'm going to just go ahead and jump to it. There was a man named Samuel. Samuel was a prophet. Everybody say prophet. prophet. He was kind of like a preacher back in those days. And God would tell him things, and God would tell him secrets. And the prophet would go and reveal the secrets to people that didn't know the secrets. Because God has always used men, just normal people, to tell secrets to. Because not everybody can understand the secrets. Because if God were to tell you some things, it might mess us up. So God trusts certain people to know secret things, and they're called prophets in the Bible. And God told Samuel to go because the next king of Israel is in the family of Jesse. Jesse was the dad of all these boys. And here's how the story goes, and here I want to focus on the day. So y'all listening, kids? Everybody listening? So here's what's going to happen. Samuel the prophet with the secret comes in and he begins to actually tell Jesse, the father, that one of your boys is going to be anointed to be the next strong, mighty king of Israel. And they're all like wondering who it is. And would you believe it that David, the youngest of the brothers, wasn't even invited to it? Can you imagine there being a birthday party and everybody in the kids group was invited but you? How sad that would be. Wouldn't that be sad? You found out that everybody was invited but not you. It would make you very sad. It would make you start to wonder if people cared about you or loved you or they believed in you. And so David was not invited to this ceremony because maybe his, his father didn't believe he could be the next king. The Bible says he was the youngest, probably pretty small. Only thing we know about him was that he was kind of handsome or good looking, which is pretty much all of y'all, right? Yeah. 
So it makes you feel kind of bad that your, that your father doesn't believe in you. And, and listen, kids, there's a lot of people in this church that maybe their dad didn't believe in them. But, but it's okay because they're, they're in church and God is using them in big ways. So I want to tell you in this story, God used a prophet to come in to a young person's life even when the parents didn't believe their kids could be anything but a business owner. You know, take care of the sheep. Because that's what it was, kids. It was a family business. And it was normal in their days for them to focus on money and focus on things like that. But the problem was, is that God had something special for this young man. And it was more than just taking care of sheep. And it's hard for parents sometimes to see you as the king of Israel. Because here's the, here's the truth. We know that you don't brush your teeth sometimes. We know that you don't make your bed sometimes. We know that you hit your, your sisters and your brothers sometimes, yeah. And so whenever somebody says that you can be great, sometimes as parents, sometimes we can't see the greatness in our kids because we're just trying to get them to make straight C's in school at the minimum. Yeah, so you got to wait, let me finish. We're just trying to make sure our kids just get through school. And so sometimes as parents... You gotta, you gotta forgive us. Sometimes we can't see that God would make a preacher out of you. Sometimes we can't see that. Sometimes we can't see it. Thank God for people that God uses to help the parents see the potential in the young people because where would we be without those people in our lives? So I know. I know what happened in David and Goliath. I know that David picked up a stone and David threw the stone that killed the giant and set the entire people free. I know it was a young man that did it, but here's what I really saw. Are y'all ready for this? I saw something really special happening. I saw Samuel the prophet as the spiritual one to shoot David in his slingshot. And I saw a picture of people in church that believed in kids and young adults and young people to where we could have a vision for them and we could see them and launch them out just like David launched the stone. The power was not in the stone. The power was in the thrower of the stone. The power was in the one that believed the stone could do it. The power was in the one that stood behind the stone. We give no credit to the stone. We give all credit to the one that believed in the stone. And I believe that before there was ever a David, there was a Samuel. And it doesn't matter if there is no Jesse. It doesn't matter if there's no one in your home that believes in you, kids, or young adults. It doesn't matter if there's nobody that lives with you, believes in you. But there is someone that will believe in you. If you stay around the church, if you stay close to God's people, that you will find a voice from heaven that says, I've got a bigger plan for your life. It's sad that in our nation, a lot of parents are having a hard time in our nation, and they don't spend a lot of time with their kids, and they don't teach their kids the Word of God anymore. But you know what? Kids, young adults, even if you don't find what you need in your family, you got to come to church. No matter what your family does, come to church. If your family quits church, you don't quit church. Because I promise you, God will send to Samuel to anoint you and make you great, greater than your family could ever be. My dad didn't go to church when I was growing up. The night that I received the Holy Ghost, I was 12. Uh, my brother was just in a play acting, 
and um, he, he was one of the actors that went to hell, and it really, really spoke to me. You thought I would have been happy because he was seven years older. He would beat up on me all the time. But I loved my brother, even though he was super annoying, and I actually was sad. And I went down to the altar to pray that night, and I was trying to get the Holy Ghost. It took me forever to get the Holy Ghost because I was pretty bad. And I had to take forever to repent and get things right, and, it, and I didn't understand it. And I finally, I finally got the Holy Ghost. I turned around to be like, thumbs up, Dad, and my dad already left. He didn't stay for me. He came to service that night because it was a drama. Some people won't go to church, but they'll go to church dramas. And he came. But he didn't stay. And that, I remember, I never will forget, that was, that was a sad moment for me because I had just received the Holy Ghost for the first time. And I turned around and I wanted my dad to be proud of me. And my dad left early. He knew I was praying at the altar. He knew that I was there. But you know what? When my dad wouldn't do that for me, there was a guy named Jack Manasco. And Jack Manasco was my Sunday school teacher. And Jack Manasco was the youth Sunday school teacher. And Jack was like Zacchaeus in the Bible. He was a really short man. And it was perfect because I was kind of, t- I was tall at 12 and he was short so we, were, we could see eye to eye. It was really perfect for us. And Jack stood with me in the altar that night for 30 minutes and prayed with me and he held my arms up because I was so tired. And I remember like it was yesterday, kept saying, don't give up, don't give up, don't give up. You can receive the Holy Ghost tonight. Tonight's your night. Tonight's your night. And I kept wanting to quit and I kept wanting to give up. But there was somebody like Samuel in my life that believed in me when nobody else would believe in me. There was a Samuel that saw the potential in my life. So that's why I wanted to talk today about, about the stone that Samuel threw. Because I believe that Samuel is the missing link in the church, not David. And a lot of times we preach about David like, where's David? And my question today is, where's Samuel? My question is not where is David because David is hungry. David is ready. David just needs somebody to believe in them. David just needs someone to pray with him. David needs someone to say, I know in your home all you do is take care of money and all you do is just live normal life. But God's got a bigger plan for you, young person. God wants to use you to set his people free. God wants to anoint you. And what the church needs the most in this hour is the church needs to have some Samuels that say, you know what? The parents may see a snotty-nosed kid, but I see the destiny of God in their life, and I believe they could be the next evangelist, the next next missionary, the next pastor or pastor's wife or music leader, and that's going to take the spirit of Samuel to get a hold of us. Because God, God looks at the heart, but man looks at the outside. And the spirit of Samuel, the spirit of Samuel can look beyond the flaws of the externals and see what they can become with some anointing and attention. You know, I know as parents, we want our kids to do great. And let me just speak to the parents for a moment before we close. But I know as parents, we want our kids to be great and we're scared that they won't get college, they won't get money because some of y'all grew up poor and you, you live in fear. You cannot raise your kids in fear. You cannot raise your kids in fear because they will go through what you went through. You cannot live that way saying, we were poor growing up. I don't want my kids to be poor. You're you're in church today maybe because you were poor. If you'd have been rich, you may have never been in this church. And that's the truth. We've got to not raise our kids with fear. Everything we do, I've got to get them in college because they need money. No, they need to be anointed of God. They need to do the will of God. God will give them more money than they could ever imagine. Who had the most money out of the brothers? David or all the older ones? 
David, you know why he had the most money? Because he was the king. Do you want your kids to just make money and do business, or do you want them to be the, the authority? Because when God anoints your kids in authority, they'll have access to all kinds of money that you never would dream about. God can provide the money for them, but they've got to do the will of God. And so in this generation where we're scared for our children, let's not be afraid for them to be anointed. Let's not be afraid for them to be around Samuel, even if Samuel has a different doctrine than you. Because the truth is, I want my kids around Samuel's. Because sometimes all I see in my kids are just my kids. But Samuel, Samuel sees much more. And so my prayer today for all of us is that we could become Samuels and we could send our children out anointed to do amazing and powerful things for God in the last days. Let our mentality not be, let's make sure our kids have a great education, but they lose their souls. If I saw my team or my child drifting from God and all they were talking about was college and all they were talking about college, I would stop the college talk and I'd say, not until you get right with God. But they got to have money. They're going to have money and now they're going to be carnal and rich. That's a bad combination for our kids to have money, education, and all that pride and not be right with God. So if my teenager was talking about, about how they wanted to go do something with their life, but they weren't right with God, I'd say, stop all that talk with me. Let's get to Samuel, and let's make sure you're right with God, because you're going to lose your soul. I was in prayer Wednesday night, and I go to a very untraditional church. We have done away with most every tradition, and I love it. Uh, so Wednesday night, we went to service, and we didn't have service. The Holy Ghost moved in prayer. And I want to look at my phone so you know I can show the date on when the Lord gave me this. Wednesday night in, in prayer, I started praying for Austin and what the Lord wanted me to do. And I am a believer that we are conduits for the Lord. We are agents for what God wants to do in this world. He has chosen humanity to do his work. And so this is what the Lord, he gave me three words Wednesday night for Austin. Reconnect, well, three words or phrases. Reconnect, pursue him, and reestablish. Austin, I'm here to tell you that without prayer, none of this can happen. Prayer is number one in anything we do. So guess what? If you guys are investing in the children, if you don't teach children how to pray, by the time they're 30, 40, my age, then they're trying to figure out how to talk to God. And it's more, it's, here's the thing. You can talk to God all day long, but until you learn to hear back from Him and then speak that into the world, we're really only doing half of what we should be doing. So today, guess what, kids? I'm going to teach you a 100% way that you can sit down and you can pray every single day. How many of you, no matter how old, tall, short you are, sometimes, a lot of times, go, I'm really, really not sure how to pray. Not sure what to say. Anybody? Anybody? Not sure what to say. So, if you didn't raise your hand, could I call you up here and you can stand up here and you could lead us in prayer? Who's capable of doing that? If I said, so all of you know how to pray, right? 
So I could come and get you and hand you a microphone and you could lead this entire congregation in prayer? Can do it? Who, who's ready? You. So here's what I want to tell you. Today, after this, you can do it. Okay? Everybody say P. R. A. Y. E. R. Each one of those letters represents a word. And that word will help you walk through prayer. Let's go to that scripture that I sent you guys, Matthew chapter 6, I think it was. Know ye not therefore like unto them, for your Father knoweth what things that ye need of before you ask him. He is our Father, and he wants to give us everything that we need. He already knows our needs. We have a job to do. If we pray for the kingdom, he's going to meet our needs. You don't have to go begging for your father. Who's the father? Your father? Dad, I need food. If, you don't, if I don't come and ask you for food, I'm never going to get food. Dad, I need shelter. Does that sound weird? Dad, would you please pay bills so I can live? Dad, would you please buy groceries? Dad, would you please... These things are normal. You just do those things. Why? Because you're their father. Because that's your job as a father. Because you love him. That's exactly what God is to us. He's our father, and he's going to take care of us. Let's go to the next scripture. After this manner, therefore, pray. Oh, after this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Thine is the glory and for I say, and thine is the power and the glory forever. Amen. That's how the Lord taught us to pray. He said, pray after this manner. So what I've done, this is, this, you're not going to find this on the internet because the Lord gave this to me. Okay? So you, if you want to know how this works, you have to take notes or watch the video and do it later. P. Well, we'll just, I'll, I'll tell you guys when to go. I'm going to teach it and then we'll go. Stay with me. Ready, guys? P is praise. Everybody say praise. Praise. <laughs> Praise is whatever you can do to lift God up and make him bigger than what he really is in your mind. So if you think how big he is in your mind, he's even bigger in reality. So praise. Anybody got a praise word? You got a praise word? A praise word. What is something you want to tell somebody if they're doing a wonderful job? You got a praise word? You, re you sure? You got one? Lord, to give us a state. No, I want a praise word. Somebody give me a praise word. Say it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, let's think about some more things you can. We learned some in that scripture. What is another word we can use? So here's what I'm showing you today. This is something that you can learn. When you start with, with prayer and you start with praise, glory to God. Lord, you are awesome. Does anybody know what a magnifying glass does? What's a magnifying glass do? It finds stuff. And when you find it, 
Is it really little or does it make it really big? That's what it means when you hear old people go, I magnify you, God. They've taken the magnifying glass and they looked at God and they made him even bigger and bigger and bigger. I magnify you, God. You're awesome. I love you. You're powerful. Praise your name. You have to be able to start. You have to get God's attention. If I said, hey, Braxton, you're doing a really good job. Good for you. Is your name Jackson or Braxton? Y'all are lying to me. You lied to me. <laughs> it is Braxton? What is wrong with you people? You are a good prankster, and your friends help you. Um, here's what we do, is we make God feel really, really loved. If I look at you and I go, hey, guess what? You boys, whoo, you're doing a great job. Really proud of you. Keep up the good work, whatever. Does it sound like I'm really proud of you? What's it sound like? What if we go to God like, thank you, Jesus. I love you, Lord. You're really cool. As God, God's going to do the same. If he's our father, he's doing the same thing. He's looking at you. Do you really care? So, Here's what I want you to do. I want you to get prepared to praise God the way he deserves it. If you come home with a straight A report card, or if you, your mom comes home and you've cleaned the whole house, you, I mean like, mm, cleaned it like you could eat off the floor clean. And she, there you go. Oh, yeah, I've started something now. How's your room look this morning? Is this mom, grandma, who are you? You belong to her? Who's your parent? Is this a, a generation? This is, so you three, how's your room look this morning? I'm talking about this one, that belong to you? She, okay, yeah, that's what I meant by you three. I, you can't see from where I see. I feel like I'm struggling this morning. So, how's your room look this morning? Messy. Is it dirty? Does it stay pretty dirty? Whose room's dirty this morning? Don't act like y'all's room ain't dirty. You ought to see what mine looked like before I left. But what if you went home and you guys are eating lunch and she, hey, mom, come here. And you went back there and her room is spotless and it's clean. And not only did she clean that, she also cleaned the bathroom. Uh, yeah. Yeah. That's what happens when you go to God and you go, God, I'm listening to you. I'm doing your will. You are awesome and you are powerful. God's going, that's my kids. I love them. So we start off with praise. You guess what R means? Anybody? That's not our word. What's the R word? That's, I can understand. Anybody? Repent. Really easy. Here's what we do. First step is to repentance. I am sorry. I really mean it. The second part to repentance is put it behind you. Turn away from it. What's the first step? I'm sorry. What if I do this? Why don't you clean your room? Ugh, I'm sorry. 
why did you, why did you hit your sister? Go tell her I'm sorry. And you go tell her. Oh, <laughs> and you go say, I'm sorry. How many have seen that? Or, you know what, grown up, you think you're exempt from this. I'm sorry for how, how that made you feel. I'm sorry you took it that way. I'm sorry you misunderstood. Are you really sorry you trying to get out of it? I'm innocent. So was Jesus. But he died for every one of our sins. And somehow we managed to find excuses not to apologize. You don't have to be guilty to say, I'm sorry. Your spirit has to be right to say, I'm sorry. So when you go to God and you go to repent, you say, God, I know all the things I've done wrong and I'm sorry because I don't want to be wrong. I want to be what you want me to be. And all those things that are bad and I've lied and cheated and said ugly words about, putting them behind me and I'm not turning back. I'm going to keep going forward. Yes? A. Anybody have any idea what A is? You know what? <laughs> I'm going to give you a chance to talk. Anybody? Anybody? A. No. Acknowledge. That's a big word. Does anybody know what acknowledge means? You too. Where's your mom? They... She... <laughs> forgot. She's repenting. Acknowledge. You know what acknowledge means? What's it, what's it mean? Uh, not quite. Acknowledge means, you know what, God? Anybody in here own, own, own their own business? You own your own business? Nope. Anybody in here? Stop it. Put your hands down. In the military? No. Wow, y'all are great. Uh, anybody in here? A teacher? Do you people work? <laughs> Anybody ride a horse? I'm trying to be... Who? Teacher, where? Stand. Stand up. Are you a teacher? Do you educate children? Are you a person that influences young people? Do they have to listen to you? And if they don't, what happens? They get consequences. One of them is not learning. A teacher has to be responsible for everything she puts out. That's, you can sit down. That's what we have to do to God. We have to say, Jesus, you're the only one that can forgive sins. Your blood is the only one that can take away all this stuff that's inside of me and wash it clean. No one else can do the things that Jesus can do. Hey, guys, guess what? They're going to bring a cross in, and they're going to nail me to the cross for all of you. How do you feel about that? Sad. Yeah, they're going to nail me just like Jesus. We're going to do it. You ready? Is that going to help you? Why? Jesus did it. Say it again. You're not Jesus? Your, hey, buddy, I know your dad's awesome and I know you love him. But if he got on a cross today and he died for you, that means nothing to you. It'll be sad. 
But his death for you can do nothing for you. Every parent in this room, hopefully, would die for their kid. Anybody disagree? I'm going to die for them. Guess what? That means nothing. You're going to still do it because you want the best for your kids because you have the father inside of you. And you're doing what he would do. But there is no one else that can take sins away from this world except for Jesus. So I acknowledge that Jesus is the only thing that can forgive. I acknowledge he's the only one that died on the cross. I acknowledge that he's the only one that can fill me with his spirit. Acknowledge. We ready? Why? No. You. You. Oh, give me a new bike. Give me some money. Give me a new job. I need, I need, I want, I need, I need. Give me, give me, give me. Is that what that means? That doesn't sound right, does it? It means what? Holy. 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 I didn't even know they were going to say that word. I want you to say it like you mean it. What's it mean? Holy. Make me more like you, Jesus. I want to walk like you. I want to talk like you. I want to, I want to sleep and eat and breathe everything like you do. I want to look up into heaven, and I can't tell the difference between me and Jesus. I want to be so close to him. You, you make who you are more like Jesus. So when you get yourself all worked out, guess what E means? Everyone else. God touched my pastor and my president and these gas prices. <laughs> oh, that got real real quick. I had a four-hour drive here. How's that make you feel? Oh, it burns. Help my Sunday school teacher listen for your word. Help everyone in my church follow after your will. Look how long we could sit and pray by just letters. What do you think the last one is? It's R. Ha <laughs> ha, say it. Rejoice. Rejoice. You're so sunshiny. Rejoice. We're going to start prayer and we're going to end it the same way. We're going to rejoice. We're going to rejoice. We're going to be happy about everything we just talked about the Lord with. So guess what we're going to do now? Guess what we're going to do now? We're going to pray. Because now we have an outline. Every single day, your mom says, go pray. And you're like, I don't know what to pray. If you know how to spell it, you can do it. The Lord gave me this. I know it works. Let's go to 30, verse 33. Seek ye first, 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 the kingdom of God and his righteousness, not yours. You don't have any. Without him, you have none. First, seek God and his righteousness. And all that stuff that you have on your need list, because he's your father and you're seeking after the kingdom, He's going to, all that stuff's going to come. 
But if you're not seeking after the God's kingdom first, and you're wondering why, 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 it's because you don't know his will. Because you've got to seek after him first. Praise the Lord. The Lord look, told me to look up Philippians 4. Philippians 4 says, be anxious for nothing, but pray. And God spoke to me and said, all the anxiety happening in our society should make the best prayer warriors out of the church. And the reason why there's great anxiety in the kingdom right now is because there's not a lot of prayer. And whenever you have stress, you know what you're supposed to do when you're stressed out? You're supposed to find an altar and pray before the Lord and you weep and you cry and you cast your cares on him. And that will do more for you than medication. When you've got anxiety and you've got thoughts and worry, you're supposed to pray. You know, the next thing you do, think on these things. Whatsoever things are pure and holy and righteous, get your mind guarded. Get your mind protected. Prayer is a solution for the stress of our day. And I know you have stress because I've got stress. And here's how we're going to feed that stress tonight. We're going to get our mouth open and we're going to tell the Lord what is bothering us. And he's going to heal us and medicate us and fix us. Would you lift your voice right now and tell God what you're stressed about right now? I challenge you. Just go ahead and tell him, God, I don't know how the money's going to work out. I don't know how I'm going to finish the building process. I don't know how I'm going to get this job or do this with my family. But God, I refuse to carry this anxiety. I'm going to pray. I'm going to seek your face with supplication supplication supply my ever need God supplication supply my ever need God I'm going to tell you and I'm going to trust you that you're going to work it out you're going to work it out I'm not carrying this stress I want to tag off what your pastor was saying and I want you to listen very carefully because because We've heard this a million times, but I want to point something out to you. Second Chronicles 7, 14. If my people, which are called by my name, we cheer and get excited about that, but it devastates me. Mr. Green, it devastates me. We get so excited about that verse, but I feel such correction if my people which are called by my name. Who is that? What are we cheering about? If my people which are called by my name. It's us. This is not sinful heathen people. This is not shameful sinners. This is not corrupt if my people that are called by my name, guess what he tells them? Humble thyselves and pray. The people of God that are called by his name, he is telling them, humble yourselves and pray, not sinners. It breaks my heart. I can't read it without going, oh, God. Every time we, we come to church, every time we go to a prayer meeting, is he saying, if you guys would get it right. Not just pray. Lord, I thank you. This is awesome. You're doing great. Thumbs up. Keep it up. Great job. Adios. Seek my face.
Now, remember, I'm a kids minister uh, at heart. What I learned a long time ago that you guys learn the same way. Hide and go seek. The scripture teaches that God would hide himself. Why? Why would God hide himself? Why would anybody, why when you play hide and go seek, what, what's the point of the game? <laughs> to be found. When Jesus was walking on the water. They looked out, they couldn't tell who he was. Jesus would go a little further away from the rest of the group. He'd have to come back and wake some of them up. So all this time when these preachers get up here and they push and they seek and press, it's not because they think it's fun or it makes them look like a really good preacher. It's because Jesus is telling them, seek me. I'm just not sitting out in the open. If I was, who, how would I know the people who were genuinely wanting to get to me? So when your pastor was being a pastor, and sometimes that job is not easy, I'm not a pastor. <laughs> and he has the Holy Ghost boldness to save you and pull you out of hell. Whatever you were doing, not praying, it's because he's saying, if my people, it's you, called by my name, right now I'm asking you to humble yourself. Seek my face. Guess what? The next statement is even worse. The people of God, guess what you have to do? Turn from your wicked ways. The people of God. So guess what? If you're a sinner in here and you don't have the Holy Ghost and you're looking after, guess what? Join the crowd. Because guess what we have to do? Walking around with the Holy Ghost. Walking around the people of God. Turn from your wicked ways. Every single one of us have to get up every day and fight this rotten flesh. Every day I have to get up and be disappointed in this vessel. And say, Spirit, rise up and overcome. I want to humble myself. I want to seek your face. I want to connect every day so I can hear the will of God. And I have to, have to turn. I, good old-fashioned evangelist, turn from your wicked ways. So if you think you look down your nose at sinners, may I tell you, you have to turn from your wicked ways. Then it gets good. You humble yourself. Pray. Seek his faith. You got to do a lot. You got to do a lot. Humble yourselves. Pray. Seek my face. Turn from your wicked ways. Then. You got wickedness. Doesn't work. You're not humble. You think you're human. If you have to tell somebody I'm humble. You're. Oh I'm, I'm humble. Okay. Humility is not easy, especially if you're really good at something. Then will I hear from heaven.
and it gets it gets stronger then i hear from heaven and will forgive their sins you don't get forgiveness doing the same garbage over and over and over if you're not humble, if you're not praying, if you're not seeking his face, if you're not turning away from your sins, there's no forgiveness. It's not me. I'm just one scripture, folks. One. Yeah, I, it's a, I, I can't find my tablet or my Wi-Fi. One scripture sent me over the edge. Then I will hear, heal their land. For every one of us who struggle, <clears throat> for every one of us who have to figure out what the will of God is, for every one of us who don't know how to be humble, for every one of us who are struggling in a dark room, feel <laughs> the Spirit is taking me to a dark room. And someone's groping around for the light. How am I supposed to find the light without a light? I'm just, I'm following the Holy Ghost. Stay with me. God help me. You're in a dark room right now. And you're fumbling around in a dark room. Looking for the switch to cut on the light. And you, I can't find the switch without light. Let them be bold enough to realize that's them, Lord. You to surrender right now. Because the light's not going to come from anywhere but inside of you. We are the agency that God uses as a light.